welcome to a radical discussion of independence, free will, liberty, and the left-hand path. This is Damonosophy 2.0 with your host, Paul Frederick. Welcome, if you're joining me, I'm trying uh, some new stuff out here, trying some new experiments. Um, the One of the big things that inspired me was I got this badass new microphone here. It's a uh, Rhodes Podcaster microphone, and I like it quite a bit so far. I think it's pretty neat. Um, I'm enjoying it. And uh, I wanted to like, you know, break it in, get out there and like do some stuff with it. So I'm trying something new as far as technology goes. I'm going live on Patreon. So this should patrons will see live. And I'm also going live with Periscope on this to see what happens. So um, we'll just see what happens. What happens when I push that button? There's like lots of buttons I can push here. So I don't know what that does. What is that? Yeah. All right, so that's like kind of fun. So um, I did have some things that I wanted to talk about also, which I feel will help uh, fill up this space and justify all the actions that have taken place here. So this is kind of inspired by a couple of weeks back, my friend uh, SMQ, who does a really cool podcast YouTuber um, dealing with the uh, Mandela effect and other really cool uh, time displacement type phenomena. We were having a conversation and one of the initial like things that he asked me was, uh, do you consider yourself a Satanist? Because he'd seen my posts on, uh, on Twitter as, as mainly the, the headspace that we were coming from. And so he asked me, and, and this is privately, he asked me, do you consider yourself a Satanist? And my answer to that was, there's a long answer and there's a short answer. And so I start with the long answer and I talk about how um, there's so much, so many different ideas about this now out there in the world that we live in currently. There's so many different ideas about what this means that I hesitate to just tell anyone that I'm a Satanist and just bill myself in that way. However, in my world, in my personal internal world, my subjective universe, I consider myself a Satanist, but my ideas about what a Satanist are, are probably not in step. What goes along with this is also the question of if I'm an atheist and my response to that is no. And so I wanted to talk specifically about why I am not an atheist, because that will help explain my sense of Satanism, what Satanism means to me and how I approach the whole thing. And let's look at the Oxford definition of what atheism means. And I like Oxford. Some people like Merriam-Webster, but I'm an Oxford guy, most definitely. And the Oxford definition of atheism is 
disbelief or lack of belief in the existence of God or gods. And that's it. Origin, late 16th century. It's from the French word athisme, from Greek atheos, forma without, and theos, God. So it just means, um, it means without God. And the other thing about this definition is it's directly in relation to um, Abrahamic religions and the Abrahamic God, the God called El or Yahweh, specifically that God. Atheism as a philosophy and as a collection of literature grew and arose in response to that. There was no such thing as atheism before Christianity came along, before monotheism, before the Abrahamic uh, religions came along with the concept of a father God, a universal, all-knowing, all-seeing father God that knows everything that you're doing. He never stops watching you. He can see everything that's going on and he never goes away. You never grow up from him. You never leave home. You never get to be an independent thinking person yourself. You're always subject to the will of this God. And as uh, my friend Don Webb once said, that atheism is a very rational response if you believe the only alternative to atheism is the Abrahamic mode. In other words, if you believe that the only other possibility is that the universe really is governed by a single individual absolute Lord over all things that has created everything that can see everything and that is very jealous and that is very vengeful and he's fucking watching out for you. If that is the only other possibility that you can conceive of, then atheism is a very rational response. Well, I'd rather live in a world where that does not exist. So atheism is very specifically, not only is it very specifically about um, Abrahamic religions, but it's centered around and the arguments that comprise atheism are centered around logical proofs that are refuting many of the logical proofs that were put up by church fathers who developed Christianity, specifically Catholicism. You know, I'm talking about Thomas Aquinas and people like that who came up with logical proofs on the existence of God. And so atheism developed as a refutation of those specific proofs. So the end result of atheism is that it has developed and been based on a reaction to that um, particular mode of thinking. So I'm not saying it's, you know, I'm not passing judgment on it at this point. I'm just saying I think it's important to understand what atheism is and the role that it plays in all of this. I went through my own period of atheism. I'm a, I'm a former atheist. When I was like much younger, um, in, in my early teen years, I went through a, a, a death in the family. My father died. Um, and 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 he 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 was coming from a existentialist. He was an existentialist. He kind of like fell away from the church. But then when he died, and we kind of went back to the church, 
to have the funeral, well, I saw these 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 people, these like ministers of of, of supposedly of God, talking as though they knew uh, what was going on and they knew my father and it better than I did and all of these things. And this was probably the beginning of my real rejection of. Uh, conventional Christianity and Abrahamic religions. I thought I felt that right then that their entire priesthood was just false. And every time that um, subsequent to that, and really even before that, whenever I was like went to church with family, and this runs the gamut of Protestant and Catholic. I have a mixed bag uh, with my family background. Um, all of these, all of them, struck me as 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 fraudulent and fake, and I just never really grokked any of it. And so. Uh, and so I was an atheist, and I became very nihilistic as a result of all of this. It really led me into a nihilistic sort of uh, mode. And I got into punk rock and these other things that were going on in the in the early 80s that go right along with nihilism and atheism. And then I started to become interested in in magic and occultism. And is any of that stuff real? And can I use any of that to actually make my life better and be more successful with the things that I want to accomplish in life? So I started reading about occultism, the stuff that was available to me. Again, this is the early 80s. It's in a small town. So I'm pretty much uh, reliant on the public library. And so they certainly don't have anything, uh, any books on Satanism there other than some of the medieval grimoire type stuff. And then I found, um, you know, some of the witchcraft stuff at that time, which was people like Sybil, Sybil Leake and Alex Sanders, who I still feel Alex Sanders is, is the great grandfather of Luciferianism because he acknowledged Lucifer as a, as a principle that he combined with other like um, European witchcraft kind of elements. And this is all now referred to as traditional witchcraft, the traditional branch of, of the craft. But at the time when I was reading these books, it was just all witchcraft and, and occultism. So I also discovered Aleister Crowley during this time period. Uh, I tried to understand, I tried to grok him. I just, I, I felt there was something in there, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. It wasn't until many years later that I read Magic and Theory and Practice that I saw that he actually, within all of Crowley's uh, body of literature, there is a core of very rational and and very individualistic approach within all that. But at the time, I didn't understand. It. I, I didn't understand it. I couldn't see any value in Aleister Crowley. And none of these resources that I was finding. There's lots of like nameless occultism, but none of these could really explain what magic was or why things like this would work. And certainly none of the other influences in my life were encouraging me to follow any of these things. Um, everyone I knew in the punk rock scene was like, oh, that stuff is like lame, um, that's not cool. And then of course I had, uh, you know, the conservative people in my life on the other side. So, but, so no one, none of these resources on magic and occultism could actually address why magic would work and nor could they say anything about what the universe really is, what life is really all about, what is the nature of man. They had no philosophical aspect to them. Eventually, I discovered Anton LaVey's 
Satanic Bible. And this is a life-changing document for me. So when I read this, um, he, first of all, he, you know, he does talk about magic, but you got you to get to the second part of the book for him to talk about magic and spells and, and, and all of that stuff. He starts out the book talking about philosophy. He starts out the book talking about why you should even be interested in something like magic, why you should be interested in something like Satanism. Why is it relevant? He, he basically defined an ethos to the whole pursuit of this stuff, which put it all in a context. And for the, that's the first time I read anything like that, that explained things, that explained the context of, of man in relation to the universe. It's described a morality of individuality, that if you're an individual and you support individualism and you embrace your individualism, you're not wicked like the church says, but actually you're in the moral high ground. You're more ethical by doing that because that uh, this is all part of man's nature. And it never occurred to me during any of this that, that, that this was a work of atheism, that this had anything to do with atheism. I didn't hear this suggested until many years later. And I want to say, um, and, and someone might be able to uh, fact check me on this or correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that it was in the Modern Primitives book from research, res the research uh, publishing company. They put out like all these industrial research books at the time. Um, and introduced people to William S. Burroughs and Brian Geisen and, and, and um, you know, Genesis P. Orridge, Modern Primitives. And it was all about tattooing and, and body piercing, which really I consider that book just created a whole new wave generation of tattooing and, and body piercing interest throughout uh, these, these United States that had not been there before. And the other thing that this book had in it was an interview with Anton LaVey. And this is the first time for me, anyhow, this is the first time I saw anything about Anton LaVey outside of, you know, the, the books that he had written, um, you know, 20 years earlier, you know, Satanic Bible, Satanic Rituals and uh, the Satanic Witch. I mean, that's all there was when I found this stuff. That's those are the only books that were out there. And I had to I had to I had to shag ass and hustle to find a copy of the Satanic Witch. The shit was not easy to find and the Satanic Rituals went out of uh, publication uh, for a number of years, in fact. Um, but then in the late 80s, you started to see Anton resurfacing and, and, and this interview in Modern Primitives was one of them. And I believe that that's where the statement, atheism with psychodrama, which has become sort of a tagline, that this is atheism with psychodrama. That's all it is. It's just atheism. Uh, and you know, I, I, I always consider that like, kind of like disappointing. I kind of like, you know, I, in, in one sense, I kind of see where it's coming from, but on the other, other side at the time when I heard it, it was like, well, that's kind of disappointing. Uh, I thought it was like more than that. I thought it was something super significant. And so that was what had like guided me on with it. That's what had led me on pursuing it, even though I was the only person I knew who was pursuing it. What kept me pursuing it was my own personal connection with these ideas and my belief that there was something 
to it, that there must be other people out there following these ideas and that there are people that really believed in these ideas other than just myself out there. Let's go back to the Satanic Bible, because this idea is like all out there now. This idea about uh, Satanism is atheism is all out there and it's beyond. And I don't want to talk about organizations so much as I want to talk about ideas. Um, but the ideas are very much out there. And there's a lot of people out there who who will say that they're they're Satanists, but say that they are also atheists uh, who who aren't who don't trace back to the Satanic Bible at all. So this idea about atheism has for some for some reason that's really caught on. It's really caught on. Um, I always feel that part of the interest in it, part of the connection with it, has to do with um, what? Okay. So if if you're going to get interviewed, if you're going to get interviewed by the press or on a TV show and you're from any kind of religion, any kind of religion at all, one of the things they're going to ask you is if you really believe in your gods or your God or whatever your religion is. They're going to ask you if you like really believe in it or not. And they can always make you look really, really silly for that. You can make people look silly for believing anything that's not in the room. You can make people look silly for believing even things that are in the room. But if you say, well, really, I'm just an atheist, then no one can say shit. They can't accuse you of like believing in anything weird. They can't say, oh, well, why don't you believe in the tooth fairy? You know, so it, it, it kind of like really like puts things down if you just, you know, it, 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 it puts it to bed. It puts the whole, do you believe in something weird? Are you a schizophrenic? It puts that whole question to bed. If you just say, well, really, basically, I'm just an atheist. The problem with that, though, is that if you were just an atheist, why would you be interested in Satanism? Why would you be pursuing any other kind of like a cultish, dark, spiritual path at all? I mean, everyone pretty much agrees that we call this the left-hand path. Well, why talk about a path if you're just an atheist? Is there a is there an, an, an atheism path? Um, maybe there is. Maybe some people feel this way. I felt that, no, there's like a path. There's something deep and spiritual and there's, that, that is not spoken of and is not addressed in the literature about atheism and in the ideas about atheism. So before I go much further with this, I want to step back a little bit. Let's go back to where this all originated, where I started getting the idea that I should call myself a Satanist and not an atheist. And that was from the Satanic Bible. So let's go back to the Satanic Bible for a minute. Here's the question. Does the Satanic Bible talk about atheism? And the answer to that question is that it briefly does in relation to something called Christian atheism. And I'm going to read, I'm going to read a passage for you here. This is in uh, the chapter, Wanted God, Dead or Alive. This is on page 42 of the Satanic Bible. He spends this chapter talking about all the contradictions that are in, um, in the Christian scriptures, which I'm sure we can all agree on that. And he says, with all the contradictions in the Christian scriptures, many people currently cannot rationally accept Christianity 
the way it has been practiced in the past. Great numbers of people are beginning to doubt the existence of God in the established Christian sense of the word. So they have taken to calling themselves Christian atheists. True, the Christian Bible is a mass of contradictions, but what could be more contradictory than the term Christian atheist? So I pause for a moment so you think of what could be more contradictory. He asks a question there. What could be more contradictory than the idea of a Christian atheist? Then he continues, if prominent leaders of the Christian faith are rejecting the past interpretations of God, how then can their followers be expected to adhere to previous religious tradition? With all the debates about whether or not God is dead, if he isn't, he had better have Medicare. So there's a lot of really interesting stuff about this in that the, the initial paragraph where I put in that dramatic pause. He says, true, the Christian Bible is a mass of contradictions, but what could be more contradictory than the term Christian atheist? And he leads you to think the next line is, he's gonna lay it down, right? He's gonna like lay it down, but he doesn't. This particular passage, then he goes on, he, goes, he doesn't conclude. He doesn't have a concluding statement there. He kind of changes the subject. He says, if prominent leaders of the Christian faith are rejecting past interpretations, how then can their followers expect them? And he's going back on like church hypocrisy. But what could be more contradictory than the term Christian atheist? He's trying to show that these words are contradictory. In other words, you cannot be a Christian and you cannot be an atheist at the same time. And why doesn't he continue with this? So you would think he's, he's trying to, you see, he can't answer that. He can't say, oh, it's smarter to be a Christian or an atheist. If he continues with this line of talking, then he will have to tell you, you should just be an atheist. But he doesn't want to tell you that you should just be an atheist. Why? Because he just wrote this book called the Satanic Bible. Does that sound like someone that wants, to, wants you to become an atheist? If he wants you to become an atheist, why doesn't he write a Bible about the Bible of atheism? Why doesn't he write another Christopher Hitchens book? Why doesn't he write another Sam Harris book? I mean, there's a million other alternatives he could have there other than writing a book called the Satanic Bible. So he doesn't answer the question. He doesn't say that because he doesn't want to tell you to become an atheist. He wants you to become a Satanist because he is the magus of the age of Satan. It's that simple. The other thing that I have to point out about this passage is where he says, with all the debates about whether or not God is dead, if he isn't, he had better have Medicare. I mean, this is, this, this is um, one of these great examples of Anton LaVey's wit, first of all. I'm sure people who read this nowadays, kids who read this nowadays, just have no idea what that means. What, God have Medicare? Everyone should have Medicare because Medicare should be provided universally, so we should have universal health care. So, I mean, no one like gets this nowadays, but what the reason that this is in here is because this was written in the 60s. And in the 60s, Medicare legislation was just passed. The Social Security Act was passed. So this was a new form of federal tax that everyone had to pay so that everyone could pay for each other's health care. It was one of the earlier forms of socialized health care. 
and uh, Anton LaVey is is cynical about it and he's making a joke about it because he was one of the people at the time that thought that Medicare and universal socialized healthcare and socialism in general was wrong and unethical and he's dismissing it. So this is another aspect of, I, I mean, there's so many things in the satanic Bible that people have to rewrite today to be able to fit it into a um, a uh, a a radical left-wing worldview, I guess. Um, I can't think of any other way of saying it. But anyhow, that's what he says. That's the only time in this whole satanic Bible where Anton LaVey mentions the word atheism. So uh, I will continue to say that this book, which is the basis of Satanism as it was established in the 60s, um, was not a work of atheism. That atheism, the, the, the fusion and the conflation of Satanism with atheism is something that happened 20 years later. I'm talking late 60s to, to late 80s or so. That's a good 20 years um, before this conflation with atheism started to occur in Satanism. So that's the first part, the first thing I wanted to read. The second part I want to read to you is on page 62 of the Satanic Bible. And this is in the chapter called um, Hell, Hell, the Devil, and How to Sell Your Soul. Um, and so this chapter is generally about Hell, the Devil, and How to Sell Your Soul. It's about like the devil and devils, and he talks a lot. This is where he gives a lot of that really great basic uh, mythology about Satan, Lucifer, and the Prince of Darkness. This is where Anton LaVey establishes his identity with the Enlightenment interpretation of, of Lucifer as the philosophical gentleman. So he talks about that. He talks about uh, four crown princes of hell. Uh, Satan, Lucifer, Baliol, and Leviathan, which go on to have increasing significance in the cosmology of Satanism and all become key figures in uh, Michael Aquino's Diabolicon, which is written just a few years after this book. And then he also has a section on the infernal names. And this is where he names all of the different uh, demons and devils uh, throughout different cultures throughout different cultural paradigms right he talks about mammon from the aramaic mantus etruscan mictian aztec he talks about uh babylonian moloch phoenician um he talks about baphomet in here and this mm. is like really this is like the fledgling kernel of the idea that the prince of darkness is beyond the judeo-christian paradigm which goes on to be more and more um of a a a a problematic barrier in satanism that we're always stuck in the conventional you know satan is a, a specifically a judeo-christian invention and so people have to bend over backwards to say well no satan was around before that well this is like the seed kernel of of in the satanic bible of the idea that the prince of darkness is something that is well beyond the Judeo-Christian Abrahamic concept of an adversary. So that's, that's the birth of that right there. 
So after talking about all of this stuff, it's a very, uh, considering the time period and considering um, the, the circumstances surrounding the publishing of this book, it's pretty in-depth for what was out there at the time. But then on page 62, he, he gets down to it. Because when you're reading this the first time, you're like, well, what's he going to say about Satan? Does Satan really exist? I mean, that's the question that everyone wants to know, right? So he says, most Satanists do not accept Satan as an anthropomorphic being with cloven hooves, barbed tail and horns. He merely represents a force of nature, the powers of darkness, which have been named just that because no religion has taken these forces out of the darkness, nor has science been able to apply technical terminology to this force. It is an untapped reservoir that few can make use of because they lack the ability to use a tool without having to first break down and label all the parts which make it run. It is this incessant need to analyze which prohibits most people from taking advantage of this many faceted key to the unknown, which the Satanist chooses to call Satan. And the thing to, to focus on here is that he merely represents a force of nature, the powers of darkness, which have been named just that, because no religion has taken these forces out of the darkness. So Anton LaVey refers to Satan as being a force of nature, as being the powers of darkness, as being something that exists. And you can see even more if you ever uh, get a chance to watch the documentary film Satanus, which was made even before the Satanic Bible was released. Um, there's some footage of Anton in there talking about um, his relationship with uh, what he calls the man downstairs and that he definitely believes that this, that something, that there is a something that exists and that he is connecting with it and that he is the uh, working to represent that and to enhance knowledge of it here on planet Earth. So, does this correspond with the dictionary definition of atheism? Disbelief or lack of belief in the existence of God or gods. Again, only in relation to the Christian God. Elsewhere in the Satanic Bible, Anton talks about God as representing a very aloof force of nature that's like too busy with a universal mechanism to be really concerned about humans on an individual uh, individual basis or individual nature. So this is all very congruent with how um, uh, Dr. Aquino describes the objective universe in his um, uh, revision of the Satanic Bible and also uh, the, the way um, the Prince of Darkness is also referred to as a manifestation of the subjective universe. So, so that's, that's the basis there um, as, as far as my perspective on um, this huge contingent of uh, Satan atheists, which seem to have appeared in the world today. So way on the other side from all of this, you have something called theistic Satanism. There's not really any official 
organizations representing theistic Satanism. Um, but you see people talking about this. You see people talking about theistic Satanism. They're the people on uh, Twitter and YouTube who talk about uh, Satan is my father, or they talk about praying to Satan, the idea of praying to Satan, which again, that's something that um, in, in, in Anton's satanic Bible, he totally decries the act of prayer, the act of submissively begging for your God to like give, asking for your God to like give you something, please God, give me something, give me a break, you know, help me apply for this job or, 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 or whatever you're asking for. And this gets down to the whole basis of, 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 of core Satanism or, or Setianism. And that's the idea that it doesn't matter what kind of like God you're praying to. If you're praying, you're still praying. You're submitting yourself and you're begging and pleading rather than acting in a willful and intentional kind of way in order to assert yourself on the universe. Because if you don't assert yourself on the universe, then the universe will assert itself on you and make you a part of it rather than you making it a part of, of you. So um, this is what happens with the theistic Satanists. They basically have, have taken the idea of you know, the monotheistic God and they've said, I don't like that God. He doesn't represent me. I want a God that represents me. And so they um, basically replace that God with a God that they feel represents them better. Basically a, a more Gothic God. Um, and uh, you know, Dr. Flowers wrote a great essay on this, the Gothic God of darkness, which touches on some of these similar things, but people want a God that represents them. It's the same way people want a president that represents them. And if the president doesn't represent them, then they will. I don't like that. I don't like that president. He doesn't represent me. Um, so people want a God that represents them too. It's like, I, I want God to be, be like me. Um, so, I mean, and you see this all around with the uh, Abrahamic God. I mean, all the different subsects of, of Abrahamism uh, and monotheism are basically a new uh, sect of people, a new demographic saying, we want God to look like this. We think God looks like this, you know, uh, we, we want, we want black Jesus. Our Jesus should be black. So that's what God is to us. And this is what the theistic Satanists have done. They said, we want God to be, uh, Gothic or black metal. Uh, we want, uh, our God to be like Vard Vikernes, you know? Um, so Satan, and he's the same as Wotan, and he's and he's dark, and he's black, and he likes death metal, or whatever. I'm picking on death metal. I love death metal. I don't mean to pick on death metal. I love all that stuff. My point is, is, is that they haven't overcome um, what I've referred to as the Miltonian paradox, and that's the idea. And John Milton talks about this in his book Paradise Lost, hence Miltonian paradox. But the idea here is that. Satan conquering would become God and God dethroned would become Satan. So um, I talk about this a little bit in uh, episode 26. There's uh, a passage in the uh, Diabolicon. It's in the uh, book of Beelzebub where um, they're all like leaving heaven they've gone through this big war and they're also go they're all going to find a new place which eventually is going to be pandemonium and 
most of the demons think, oh, well, this is going to be like a new heaven and Lucifer is going to be the new God. Is that, is that how it's going to work? And uh, the line from it is great. It goes, through the gates of hell we passed, and many of us had supposed hell to be a new heaven, wherein Lucifer would become as God. But this was not to be, for the scene before us promised neither ease nor bliss. Everywhere was there imbalance and confusion, for no law ordered the shape of hell. And Lucifer said, Lo, see that I am not God, and that we are each of us an isolate being. Here shall freedom be absolute, for hell itself shall reflect our several wills, never to be patterned apart from them. Now, this is very significant. This is like if, if, if there was a you know, total revolution and the people that, that won and they dethroned the, the old regime and whoever the, the winning party was said, well, you know, we're not going to set up a new a new leadership in front of it. Everyone just go, go do your thing. Let's just all live independently now and let's not try and use force on each other. Let's try not, not, not coerce each other. Um, let's let it be. And that's essentially what has happened in the Diabolicon. And that's why the Prince of Darkness is different than Satan conquering. That's why the Prince of Darkness is not a father god or a mother goddess. That's why in the Satanic Bible, Anton talks about God as this one force of nature, and he talks about Satan as this other force of nature. And they don't like, they're not like trying to like, you know, he's not trying to overthrow this and switch everything up. And he's not asking you to bow down and worship him. This is why in in the book of coming forth by night in SETI and cosmology set talks about creating hardware so that he can cancel that imbalance and not be subsumed by the cosmic inertia yet maintain his own independence from it. So the Prince of darkness does that. And also it's something that each of us can and might do and maybe should do as individuals ourselves. So that's why, um, that's why Setianism, the path that I subscribe to, is not atheism. And that's why I consider, when I talk about myself as a Satanist, I'm referring back to these early ideas about Satanism, which the same pattern is very clear in it. It's very clear that why it is not monotheism and also why it is not um, atheism. So the other thing that this establishes is the metaphysics of consciousness, that the nature of consciousness, once you understand that consciousness is deliberately and inexorably individualistic and separate from not only from the objective universe, but from other instances of consciousness, then this starts to give clues to the universality of the nature of consciousness and to the, uh, the precedence of consciousness that con consciousness precedes 
existence and can follow existence. So that's, that's where that all um, starts to lead. But to summarize all of that, that is essentially why I am not um, an atheist, why I don't consider myself an atheist and cannot consider myself an atheist, and why I also do not consider myself um, to be a monotheist or a Abrahamic worshiper, obviously, or the worshiper of any god or goddess. Um, I acknowledge the existence and I, and I maintain a certain openness to this universality of consciousness and to the principle of isolate intelligence and that there is a purpose to it that is like apparent not only within it, the purpose, purposefulness within consciousness gives clues to the, uh, the precedence of consciousness, the iteration, the original iteration of consciousness, the platonic form of consciousness. So if you go back far enough, this is where it gets really interesting uh, and why I'm, I'm so interested in and you hear me talking so much uh, about um, Dr. Flower's work with the Mosden system is that if you go back to that system, the teachings of Zarathustra, you find a very similar approach to it. Now, some of the misunderstandings about Mazdaism, Zoroastrianism, they always say, well, this is the first form of monotheism. And this is the first ideas about heaven and hell. And they basically make it sound, they basically co-opt it into the Abrahamic religions and, and say, well, this they're all based on that. And this is, this is proof that those are valid uh, for some reason. But the reality is if you go back and you look at that, that system is that it has very little in common with the Abrahamic religions in terms of metaphysics or in terms of morality. First of all, it recognizes that there's a principle of consciousness. That's what Ahura Mazda is. Ahura Mazda is not like a father god. Ahura Mazda is an abstract principle of consciousness. It's essentially the principle of isolate intelligence. And all other isolate beings, sapient beings, all human beings are are a providence, uh, a progeny of that, a posterity of that. In other words, where it's it's like we're we're children of that, but not in the father son sense, right? No God is your father. Your father is the person who gave birth to you on this planet. That's your father. No one should come between the two of you all, as far as understanding that relationship, that familial kind of relationship. That's a different thing, though. That's an organic relationship. The idea of the principle of isolate intelligence is that there's this, this principle of consciousness and that pattern somehow reiterates itself to create multiple iterations of it. And that iteration is necessarily isolate itself as well. So this is very much the idea of how individuals are created in the, in the Mazdan system. They come, they, they break away from that. And they're born and then they go through a process of, of coming to earth, which is the idea of the daemon separating from your uh, parent consciousness or the idea that you're separate from your holy guardian angel um, is all wrapped up in this as well. So um, so that's that's the idea there is that there is a principle of consciousness and that from that individual consciousness emerges in the world that we live in currently. So there's the idea that consciousness precedes your existence here.
So that idea is not in Abrahamic religions really at all. Uh, someone might come back and say, oh, no, I'm in some sect where we, we think that. But for the most part, um, the, the teachings in the Bible don't talk about consciousness existing before you come to this world. They talk about you come into being, you know, through, through an act of God and you're born here and, that, and that's it. Um, there's no concept of like uh, of, 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 of consciousness uh, preceding existence whatsoever in, in Abrahamic religions. So it's a very unique thing about um, about Mazdaism, and it's also a very unique thing about the left-hand path and about Setianism, which, uh, in in my view, is absolutely crucial uh, to understanding the left-hand path. And if you go back and you look at these early pieces in the Satanic Bible, you will definitely see that on there. Hey, TG, what's up? I, I just saw you on there. Um, I'm, I'm looking at so many different things. I might have like different uh, little notifications coming up on here. So I apologize if I missed anyone on there. Well, that's all I can think of to talk about for now, guys. I think that really like sums it all up. So um, with all that being said, um, I wish you all the best going forward. Life, health, strength, and always, always, always keep the dark fire burning.